hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Welcome into the show, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, even though today has been Joey Clark Radio. I was on News at Views at 9 a.m. till noon. I was on Dan's show from noon to 3. I was on Greg's show from 3 to 6, and now you have me alongside me. This is my good friend Troy. He's back after the holidays and other obligations. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm doing great. The show now, uh, the podcasting of it, we're on SoundCloud like we've always been, on Apple Podcasts like we've always been, also now on Google Play, Stitcher. Should be up on Spotify here any moment. I should approve it. Tune in didn't work. They didn't like my SoundCloud RSS feed. That's inside baseball. But we're working on the problem, sir. It's not anything you submitted. Well, thank you. Thank you for fixing the problem. And before we get into the the thick of it, or something like that, I don't know why I said that that way, the uh, show is brought to you by Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Now, I've been telling you, Eddie is an all-around great guy, down-to-earth guy. He wants to be your buyer's agent, helping you, like, people like me, you think, oh, I'm stuck in a rut, I'm going to be renting forever, or whatever. No, there are a lot of options out there. That include you know low price homes, but also great financing. And Eddie's the type of guy that'll kind of go that extra mile and make sure you understand every little thing. And now he is saying we're going full service, Joey, full service realtor. And what that means is he's going to help you list your properties, suggest any repairs that you might need to make sure that updating and renovating the home will get you the top dollar for the sale of your home. Now, he'll suggest the best ways to market it, whether it's listing on websites like the Goodson Group. They have a great website. It kind of aggregates all the different properties they're hoping to manage, but also Zillow and Trulia and Facebook and other multiple listing services. He'll also discuss how you do a successful open house, uh, prepare realtor showings, and when is the right time exactly to sell. And then he also, he's not one of these realtors come in and say, here, sign this contract before we even sell anything, and I'm going to pop a sign in your yard and people will call me. Now, he's going to walk you through a lot of the process because he's been around the blocks over time. He's bought homes, he's sold homes, he knows what he's doing. And for instance, when he comes up with a list price, he will actually walk you through it and go, this is why. This is what the research is showing. Here's what the data is showing. Here's what I think we can get. We should maybe ask a little bit more. So he, if you have a question, Eddie is there to answer it. Um, and if you call him at 322-0662, again, that number for Eddie Bader, Three two two zero six six two. He'll get back to you pretty much immediately. He'll probably answer. I mean, if you call him at midnight, I mean, give the guy a break. Yeah, don't do that. Right, but if you call him during normal, sensible hours, he'll probably pick up the phone immediately. Or if you get voicemail, he'll call you back immediately. He's always on top of things. He really will go the extra mile. He's gotten the extra mile for me. So many others I know, and he'll continue to keep a watchful eye on the market. Maybe you consult with him. 
And it's not the right time, but he'll stay in touch. Make sure you are able to sell your home, list your home, and get it off the market quick or help you buy a home if it's your first time or maybe you've got that growing family and need a bigger place. So, again, that's Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, 322-0662. So, it's a Monday in January of 2019. Yeah. And I'm already thinking about 2020. Not our vision, because both Troy and I have... Well, we have more than 2020 vision, don't we? I have 2015 vision. Yeah, I have 2015 as well. It's pretty sweet. Gotta love LASIK surgery. LASIK, man. It's so awesome. And I'll just give a quick little mention that I am, I've been doing my DDP yoga program. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just telling you, I'm starting to get gains, things, positions I never thought I could get into, like a pretzel. Or really, it's just shoulder strength. But I've also joined a, a gym called Express Fitness. Again, that name is Express Fitness. And I'll be talking about them more later in the week, but adding weight training, brother, brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's because it's addictive. Um, Addictive in a good way, where I feel good after I sort of set that plan, go through with it. Not every morning I'm looking forward to necessarily. depends on what you did the night before. But there's something about that getting through it, pushing through the pain that I feel good on the other side. And I, this phrase keeps sticking to my mind. I've seen by some stupid Instagram promoters or tastemakers, uh, you know, earn your sunrise. I'm like, okay, I'll go ahead and earn that bad boy. I, mean, I see you, son. I've already been up for two hours. It's fun to do, I suppose. How do you handle DOMS? DOMS? Yeah, delayed onset muscle soreness. Oh, you've got to rest every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't go crazy every day. And that's, I think, all due respect to CrossFit. I mean, sometimes they go way too hard, way too often. It's like, hey, relax. I'm sure you'll be able to push through and you'll be great. But you know what? I, I've got a hundred-something-year-old guy over here who's testifying that drinking Coors Light every day is what's kept him old and you know healthy. So I don't know. What about that person that smokes every day and eats a pound of bacon every morning? They're 105. Yeah. You, you just don't know. That's why I hope the health field, in terms of like... I'm not talking about health care. See, when we talk to doctors, we don't want a hygienist. We don't want somebody to tell you, eat better, exercise more. No, you're like, hey, doc, uh, can you absolve me of all my health sins? Give me a pill. Give me a procedure. I don't want to do this myself. This is why I'm coming to you. But in the field of health hygiene, so to speak, I think there's all these different competing camps now. The boss downstairs is doing keto. Mm-hmm. And it's working for him. Yeah. He seems more chipper. Keto will shed some fat, man. It really will. It's just cool to see how the accepted the food pyramid thing is just... I don't know how many people actually follow that anymore. No, I, I don't either. Uh, I, uh, and what's interesting is it is it differs depending on what country you're in. Obviously, England with the NHS, they have a, something called like a five a day. Five a day. It's like eat five fruits in a day. Okay. That kind of thing. So it's like they've got the full weight of the government behind it. So it's almost like food propaganda. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That sounds like simple food propaganda. Like eat five fruits a day. Mm -hmm. You know, in Vatican City, they have uh, two different types of confessions. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. One for normal confessions and one for food confessions. Oh. Yeah. 
food confessions. Yeah, you don't want to have to hear about the atonement. Oh, wow. So yeah. if I eat, like, a bonbon or a big whoopie pie in the Vatican, am I going to have to, like... I don't even want to know what I have to Atoning do. Atoning for your food sins involves... No, don't, 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 don't tell them. Okay. Don't tell them. I don't think the audience is uh, ready here. Before we get to national stuff, because it is a Monday in early 2019, but I'm already thinking about 2020, uh, the election, the presidential campaign, because we've had a few Democrats throw their hats into the ring already. I just saw a headline locally. Today... For those of you around here who don't know, or maybe you do, Inauguration Day for our dearly elected state officials, including Kay Ivey. They wanted to tear down our history, and I said no. I was sitting out on my front porch on my little little porch swing. It's painted lily white, and it's, it's just wonderful, and I was eating my, my grits. And this little bumblebee came over. And he was trying to buzz, buzz, buzz all around my grits and my delicious grits with, you know, butter and salt and pepper. But he kept buzzing around. And I finally, because Granny's got, you know, quick reflexes, I said, no, Mr. Bumblebee. Just like I told those people, no, you're not turning down our history. She was sworn in today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ivy seems lovely. Uh, she's in, I think the state's in better hands and it was Robert Bentley's supposed moral turpitude aside. I think they were never on the same page as the legislature. They weren't getting things done. Kay Ivey at least created some normalcy and hopefully they'll get some reforms done in the state. She talked about prisons today and the need for prison reform and uh, a few other they, things. They do kind of have that, well I think they've they've kind of already alleviated that situation but the whole Here's your budget, Mr. <clears throat> Sheriff. Yeah. And anything left over you get to keep. Right. That's that's going on. Um, and, well, yeah. I don't know. I look at the, the whole situation in the state and Medicaid keeps growing. Our share of Medicaid payments with federal matching, that just keeps creating this huge hole in the budget. And I got to figure, either they're going to raise taxes or cut some, something else or share some money from the Education Trust Fund. But anyway, I brought this up because, not of policy, but because of a headline from our partner here. They partner with Blue Water Broadcasting and News Talk 93.1 FM, WACV, Alabama News Network. They have a short write-up on their website today about the inauguration. And I'm just remembering it off the top of my head. It says, many people showed up for the inauguration. <laughs> Tens. Many people. It wasn't even dozens. <laughs> because we were watching it live earlier today. There weren't a lot of people there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were more government officials than there were people watching the politicians. I'd like to run that by the editor. Um, so, a couple is two. <laughs> How many is like eight? It was... Uh, we should go with many. Many. It wasn't just a few. That's like three or five. Right. Yeah, it was, and I think it writes, even though it was a cold day, many people said they would miss this for the world, especially history, because Kay Ivey is the second lady governor of the state. So she was interim before? Yes, or after Bentley resigned for, I think he technically resigned for, like, election or campaign finance stuff. Yeah. Um, and there are always the 
background threats of, you know, we're going to impeach you for your moral turpitude, sir. You sleeping around with Rebecca, who isn't your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the mood to do voices. Today. You know, if if she doesn't get arrested, that that'll be a good thing. K.I.V. K.I.V.? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, seems, seems it seems like the last couple we've had have just... Uh, Riley got away with it, though. Whatever he was... They're all up to something, folks. I actually like Bob Riley, but he was there today. Uh, Siegelman was there today. Bentley was there today, but the body language, people called in and said, look up the photos. Everybody's like, all the former governors are all chummy with each other, and then there's Bentley to the side. Like, what's wrong with you, sir? But this new legislature coming in does remind me of somebody who's no longer in office, and sometimes he would be infuriating with the way he would play politics, but then sometimes he was hilarious. Do you remember Alvin Holmes? No. Oh, my goodness. Let me see if any of this is in the system, because, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this is Alvin Holmes on the Florida legislature, I think the House, and... Uh, He's talking, and this is a classic clip, Troy. Uh, this is him talking about uh, beer when they wanted to bring more microbrews and different craft beers to the state. And here's, take it away, Representative Holmes. Chair McVance is Mr. Holmes of Montgomery. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good, don't it? I ain't never heard nobody complain. About the uh, beer we have, it drank pretty good. Budweiser. <laughs> uh, what's the name of some of them other beers? Budweiser and what else? Miller. Miller. Cooza. It drank pretty good, don't it? Uh, Mr. Jack, who asked you to sponsor this beer? The Freedom Hops Foundation. Yeah, what kind these, of foundation is that? These, these are young people from, from I, I will use the term, uh, from maybe from Germany that came in with Mercedes. From Germany? <laughs> <laughs> and during the whole Bentley affair thing, his sexual dalliances, Alvin Holmes got up and in very similar fashion was like, Hey, what, what's wrong with having a girlfriend? <laughs> I, when I see some of the, I know five or six of you in here now got a girlfriend. Yeah, look at you. You you cowering away in the corner. I know of you. So if you impeach Bentley for having a girlfriend, I'm going to out all of you. It was like, oh, this is glorious. He's no longer in the legislative body. I think he's, he didn't run this time. Or he got beat maybe in the primaries. Anyway, he's not there. So that's Alabama politics in a nutshell for the moment. Honestly, the best thing that could happen with this legislature is they look at the Constitution. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they whittle it down a little bit. Just a little bit. But it's the longest Constitution by, like, a lot oh, in the United God. States. And there has to be stuff in there we don't enforce. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't sell peanuts across the street from a church on a Wednesday or something, something weird like that. weird like that. It's just... Our state sometimes, I, I don't think the national, like, stereotypes of Alabama really hold as much. No. It's like, hey, did you go to the Klan meeting today? It's like, no. And all my years of living here, I've not met a Klan member, to my knowledge. Like, no, you don't see that. You might see somebody say something stupid, but no. Most of the people I've heard say racist crap are friends I've made from the North. Yeah. And they've never hung out with black people or, you know, been cool. Uh, there are... We talk about Florida man a lot. There yeah. are some Florida headlines that I think would fit in Alabama. Yes. Like there was a lady that got banned from Walmart. 
<laughs> for uh, she was using one of those mobility scooters and she was drinking wine out of a Pringles can. <laughs> I could I could totally see that. Here. She was banned for life from the Walmart, <laughs> but like, I think they should have rewarded her. That's just a well, talk about earning your sunrise. That's just a champ right there. Mark Wahlberg's got in the rock of nothing on her. Like they can work out and look like Greek gods all they want, but. I mean, come and on. Drive a mobility scooter through a Walmart drinking wine out of a Pringles can? Right. Not one of, I want to know what kind of wine that was. <laughs> like a nice Pinot Noir or something? It, pro- it probably had a color, not a name. <laughs> right. Uh, this is, this is red. Was, was the crap we used to drink. Foxhorn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it has a buttery finish. <laughs> like a huge liter of wine for 10 bucks. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how You know, this stupid 10-year challenge... You got off social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm on Twitter. I, I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. I still... I, I don't tweet, but I'm I'm on it. Yeah, I've started to set notifications to people. I really like their opinion, or I think it's a good way to call together news if you have a few trusted sources. Oh, yeah. Um, Reuters, I'm, I'm, I'm... I follow? Yeah. I follow, like, six different Reuters... Oh, and I'll follow, like, if I find a journalist that I like that's, especially a journalist that's been damned by both so-called sides, like, okay, I'm going to follow them. Yeah, the journalists I follow are soccer and usually, like, Auburn beat reporters. Well, and I follow a lot of wrestling crap, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, What's her name? Charlotte Flair? Oh, Charlotte Flair's amazing. Charlotte, if you're single, you're about my age, maybe a year or two older, and you want a guy to, you know, keep the home down. I would love to be Ric Flair's bro- uh, son-in-law. That's <laughs> true. But more than just being Ric Flair's son-in-law, I'd love to date you, Charlotte. Give me a call. 272-9228. I'm just going to wait on that call. But look, we have another caller. If that's Charlotte Flair. It's been it's been ringing, so if that's Charlotte Flair, Joey. Yeah, well, uh, Charlotte, are you there? Who's this? Uh, it's definitely not Charlotte. Woo! Oh, crap, it's Soldier Boy. That's right. Hey, good news. Hmm. Rick Flair's coming uh, with the mouth of the South. Jimmy Hart? Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah, I just, answer, somebody, yeah, somebody uh, brought that to my attention, and I'm like, oh, God, it's south of Dothan. I know, I know. driving all the Second way Second thing is, Joey, your, your K-Ivy sucks. I oh. didn't, I didn't, fine. But uh, <laughs> your, your best imitation is a certain Democrat, socialist, Bernie. You do a great Bernie. I do a great Bernie Sanders. <laughs> What's your name? Did you, did you say your name, uh, Soldier Boy? <laughs> Soldier Boy, I heard you ask me the question, do I believe in God? And my answer to that is, I believe in people. Have you ever served in the military there, uh, Bernie? Um, I've served them, in a way. <laughs> I've given them speeches. I've, uh... No. Let me ask you a question. Did you write uh, some uh, books on uh, fantasy rapes of women? Well, if you explore people's sexuality, it goes down all sorts of dark corners <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is a real story. Bernie Sanders used to write weird he did. erotica, and one had to do with about rape, rape fantasies. Are you? Nobody's ever brought that up. We're the Republicans. Because Come it's on, just icky to even say that in the public... I like rape fantasy. Even if you're talking about somebody else writing it, it's like I don't want to be the guy who brings that up. It's just weird. And you know, you brought up the who's that? Alvin Holmes. Did yeah. you ever listen to him? 
it, I mean, Germany, that's a classic. But there's yeah. even one better than that. People don't play it enough. And that's when he was interviewed while he was driving in the car from Alabama State University by one of the DJs. And he was talking about uh, same-sex marriage, you know, being a Democrat and a liberal, right? He says, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with uh, two women wanting to get together and getting married. That's no problem with that. I've got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. And then he says, uh, i got no problem with two men. He says, he says, come to think about it, if a man and a donkey, a little donkey, want to get together, yeah. I don't have a problem with a donkey getting married to a man. I was like... Oh, you've got to be kidding me. And this well, guy gets getting reelected? I would only agree with Alvin there when the donkey can sign. And I'm not <laughs> saying you put down the contract on the ground and let him stomp on it. When the donkey can give consent, then you can marry a, a mule, little mule. I think. That's just amazing when you can talk about bestiality and then get reelected. Well, maybe it was like a platonic <laughs> marriage, you know? Oh, that's what he, well, you know what? As soon as I heard that, Joey, I had my little barrel, my little donkey, and I locked him up in the barn. Yeah. Because I was afraid he might be, you know, instigating some uh, oh, some attacks on my donkey. Now, but I understand having standards in society, and I'm definitely not an advocate of bestiality. But if you know that your neighbor is engaged in something, say, with his little mule, are you really going to be the one to go over there and stop him? No, but getting married? He had no problem with that, getting a marriage certificate. Sir, the donkey had a sizable dowry. Yes, a sizable dowry. It was advantageous for both parties. Right. All right. And you can see that with a straight face, right? Oh, yeah. I do my best. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say, Joey, I want you to look at him and tell me that face is not cracking up. (laughs) I got my poker face on. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm still pissed off you're not Charlotte Flair. Disappointed. Charlotte is hot, though. Yes, yes, she is. But so is is the, the man. Rick? Oh, no. Not, no, Becky Lynch is now calling herself the man. She's the man. She's I, Irish. And, oh, I don't know who that is. She's yeah. hot. She's, she's the last kicker. She's Irish? Yeah. She's the last kicker, does, man. Does what, what's wrong with that you, pot? Uh, does she say, you're done, head in? Uh, it's not that exaggerated. She's definitely worked on it, I think, after working in the States for so many years, but it's definitely still Irish. Okay. Well, and she's bringing it back even more because a couple of years ago when she first hit, it wasn't that thick. Now she's really playing the role. Oh yeah, she's breaking out the last, the last kiss, uh, kisser. No, no, kicker. Hoop, hoop. sticker, kicker. Yeah, I better get it straight before I get dumped. Well, thank you for the call. You're welcome. That is Soldier Boy. He calls all the show. He's a good guy, though. On the phone, he's a little like intense. I saw your face, Troy. It wasn't just straight. You were a little freaked out at moments. It was. There was a lot of. Insinuations. There was a lot said. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo thrown out there. Yeah. But when you meet the guy in person, he's great. Hmm. He's just very coarse over the phone. I don't know. I try not to judge people by their voice. But yeah, Becky Lynch is, uh, she's the new biggest thing in wrestling. She's calling herself the man, even though she's a woman. I know, it's like the gender bending and all this crap. Anyway, I'm not going to get into wrestling. I was almost hooked back into doing a bunch of wrestling talk. Because it's become my new obsession. You've seen me. I go through these things. Yeah. I obsess over something. It's wrestling and Kiss right now. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I've, been, I've been listening to Gunship. Yeah, you sent me some of their stuff. <laughs> I called it 80s futurism. I have... <laughs> 
neo 80s future. I have no idea what it is other than it's synths and it's awesome. Yeah, occasionally, folks, Troy will send me stuff and he'll put a description on it, and it's just like. It's oh. so pretentious. I love it, though. This remix is so good. The kick is so punchy in the bass sense. Effing slaps, but keeps the 80s futurism sound. Like, all right. And, and I don't watch the videos before I send them, so sometimes they end up being actual, like, official music videos. And it was only until Joey commented on it that I decided to watch it. This is a, it was, it's like a claymation yeah. video featuring John Carpenter. Unreal. So it's got, like, all his characters in it. And cool stuff out there. It's almost like, though, too much. Like, too many choices. Way too many choices in this country, Troy. Oh yeah, I you know I haven't watched Netflix in like two months. Yeah, it's overload because I keep going on YouTube and watch cat videos. Yeah, we fails. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of cat videos. I want a cat so bad. Gizmo is, is your new one. Yeah, he's super fluffy. Is he cool or is he standoffish? Now that his testicles have been removed, uh, he is amazing. Okay, he was a little. Yeah. Hellcat earlier before oh my, that? It was crazy, yeah. Now, you know, Toby, he got the nickname Mr. Nipples. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, Gizmos is please clap. <laughs> and then when he's being a little butt, I call him McManus. <laughs> and I only talk to him in a Northern Irish accent. Well, that's the way. You got to be strong but firm yeah. with you know, your pets. Loving, of course, but strong and firm. Indeed. Oh, I don't know why, but somebody else has called us, Troy. It's, please be Charlotte Flair. Please be Charlotte Flair. I want to betroth you. Anyway, news talk. You're on there. Who's this? Hey, Joey. This is Charlotte. Who? I just want you to know you can be my huckleberry anytime. I'm going to hang up now. Who the hell is this? Yeah, a little hit and run. That's not Charlotte Flair. No. My God. She's got her. She's a little more husky. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. voice. Yeah, she's not... My God, let's reconstruct this show and hit a break. It's already gone off the rails. I'm fantasizing about Charlotte Flair. I mean, but really... Uh, Is this you when we were listening to a lot of Justice? Yes. I can, and okay. Daft Punk. Yeah, I can... Yeah, that is that is a straight-up Justice synth, but a Daft Punk bass. Yeah, I've been trying to play a lot of my old stuff. Nostalgia, but also... Uh, Thinking about posting clips on uh, the YouTube. They take license music. They take license music off very quick. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you'll get DMCA'd in a heartbeat, and their algorithm just is awful. It's terrible. Even when you have the rights. Yep. You got to argue with them. So I don't even want that fight. But yeah, podcast is going strong, I suppose. I might just be bluffing there. But coming up. I do want to talk about 2020s already shaping up. With the presidential race? Yeah. Okay. And instead of doing a deep dive into like Elizabeth Warren or Tulsi Gabbard or Julian Castro or anybody else who might run, I kind of want to just set out the, the lay of the land. Like this will be a different type of primary. Joey Clark. Mr. Holmes of Montgomery. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Joey Clark. Well, welcome back, folks. 
I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, Alvin, but people dream. They want to try new flavors. So. I actually love that. The beer industry is a great example of when you deregulate and stop giving special privileges to a few companies, uh, how much variety and business you can get. Pretty impressive. Um, like California has done the opposite with legalizing cannabis. They've restricted it so much you're still a booming black market. No wonder people do that. It's, like, it's a plant you can grow. It's not that complicated. So no wonder people are going to go for the product that's you know right there that they've always gotten from their dealer as opposed to paying taxes out of the wazoo and only a few growers are allowed to legally grow. It's just... If you're going to legalize it, actually legalize it. Don't make it some crony scheme. But anyway... I promise, before the break, we're going to talk about the 2020 presidential primary. Now, I don't think, Troy, you're asking me off air, I don't think Trump's going to be primaried. There are whispers that Kasich, Governor Kasich of Ohio, might do something, or, or Mittens, Mitt Romney might do something. I doubt it. Still? Yeah, I know. Mitt Romney. He's now the newly elected senator from Utah. So he's in the Senate. Isn't it like... <laughs> Three times? I know. Just, just go away. This isn't Alabama, sir, where you have to run four times and lose, then you win. Yeah. This is the nation, the United States of America. So I don't. I think that's all uh, a pipe dream. I mean, Trump is, among Republicans, incredibly popular. The whole nation, mm, not as much. Well, that's always hard to read. I guess real low. Well, the the gen, the good piece of wisdom to have is that his disapproval was incredibly high when he was elected. So, the Democrats probably need to put up somebody who doesn't have disapproval ratings, say like Hillary Clinton, and you might have a chance of beating him. Yeah. But other than that, okay, Elizabeth Warren, she's out. Oh, I I can't stand that woman. That's a it's a no for me, dog. I can I do not like her. Uh, Julian Castro. Don't know who that is. He, I think he used to head up HUD, Housing and Urban Development, under Obama. I think he used to be San Antonio's mayor. Okay. He announced, I think, yesterday. And then the one that made me go, hmm. Yeah. Let's see, Joey. We'll see if your theory about good looks and politics plays out. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Talk to me. I'm listening. Tulsi, now I have to say... Like, when I look clear-eyed at her economic stuff, like, she backed Bernie Sanders. I don't like that stuff. That's out. But on foreign policy, I like Tulsi a lot. She's uh, Air Force, right? Right. She's a vet. Out of she Hawaii? She has served out of Hawaii. Um, she, I mean, she even went on Joe Rogan's podcast not too long ago. And it was a very down-to-earth just conversation. And she isn't, like, a genius that's going to light the world on fire. But she seemed very reasonable, which means she probably won't win. But if my theory holds that the best-looking person is the one that ends up winning, because we are in a day and age of social media and celebrity, mm-hmm. where it's more about surface and symbols than substance, I think Tulsi's got a good shot. Is that why Ocasio-Ortega or Cortez? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, is that why? I think it's part of it. Okay. I think it's part of it's she's young. So the story of this person who was just a bartender for several years who does this grassroots campaign and beats a very strong incumbent Democrat. Yeah, that's a cool story. And the fact that she is young and she is, I mean, for lack of a better word, eye candy, Puerto Rican sex kitten. 
I mean, she's more than that, obviously. You went from lack of a better word to Puerto Rican sex kid. I was just grasping. I haven't called her that before ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think she she does look good on camera. She does know how to throw out the sass and the arguments. She does have the sass down. Though, didn't she make some statement? It's not really about how factually correct you are. It's where your heart is. Uh huh. Yep. You. Oh, congratulations. You just summed up the majority of the left's arguments and um, intellectualism. Yeah. It's just uh, like I, progressive historians. She. She is abrasive to the current system. She's a true populist. She looks good on camera. She's young. It's a great personal story. So she's on the media all day. Mm-hmm. And it, at a certain point, it's a little like, oh, God. Did you yeah. read her green? Yes. I w- there was the, oh, the whole... The hubris. Economic justice part of it. I was like, what is this even, what is this even doing in here? Right? What exactly. does this have to do with... Right? The Green Initiative. Lady. I know. It's, it was like a grab bag. for. It's a Trojan horse for everything a Democratic Socialist would ever want to do. I think I think McCain, that bill had a lot of pork on it. <laughs> yeah, just a little. No, it's not that we're just going to make the United States in 10 to 15 years completely emissions neutral. Good luck with that. Good we're idea. Also, we're also going to, but even if you're like down with the cause, good luck with that. Yeah. No, I think there could be trade-offs, like certain price of certain goods or products can come down. You might replace it, but there might be like a stepping stone. Like instead of as much coal burning, we use more natural gas, which is a little bit cleaner than coal, and you start moving towards that, hopefully. But, okay, that'd be one thing. It's the Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. And number one, the history of it just drives me nuts. Like the New Deal didn't work. The New Deal did not bring us out of the Great Depression. Like, I think there's a historian. You see her roads out of it. All right. Doris Kearns Goodwin, she's a presidential historian, and she, I think, wrote a book on FDR. Even she had to admit, well, no, the New Deal didn't really get us out of the Great Depression, but it, it gave Americans hope. Yeah. And then... Back they, to the feelings over being correct, you know. We had a war. Yeah. Then we had a war where the entire economy and population was put together to kill people and blow things up. Which, you know, I'm usually anti-war, but, yeah, you know, you had the Japs and the Japanese, excuse me. That worked. Yeah, and with the the Nazis, uh, you know, okay, maybe, I'm not going to argue with that too much, but that's not exactly what you want in peacetime. And I think what really happened, the story is, is so many people had to ration products for the war effort, and because you couldn't really buy much of anything, a big pool of savings got built up across the population. Yeah. And then, out of that, after the war, they disassemble the war economy. And they just put it back to, here's private enterprise, for the most part. I mean... <sighs> Non-private enterprise. Right. I mean, the, the New Deal did stick around for a little while. Which, interesting enough, and this is a cheap shot, but it's true, I believe Goebbels wrote FDR, this is before we were fighting them, and before they, you know, took Poland and Czechoslovakia or something, and was like, we love your economic policies, Franklin. I mean, something to that effect. Yeah. Like, it's essentially the same sort of economic system. I mean, what people usually hate about Nazis is like, you know, killing people. Genocide. That's, that's a good reason to hate them. Yeah, as soon as the whole Sudetenland thing kind of right. started being popular, it was like, hmm, I think we're going to back Britain on this, fellas. Right. And 
We did. And <laughs> the rest, as they say, is history. History, yes. But the economic justice aspect right. of this new Green Deal. So it's not just green energy. No. Or retrofitting every home and commercial building, which is a big enough lift. It's, as you said, economic justice. No, no. It, well, okay, yes. But there was an economic justice aspect of the bill that would help, quote-unquote, alleviate people who had been previously oppressed? Yes. Yes, it was... They wanted gender justice. They want racial justice. Justice for the indigenous peoples of America. Why was that in the bill? And then also they... Don't call it Green Deal if you've got that in it. Well, well, because we're going to take the green grants and investments and give it to those people more than the rich old white people. I think is the crass way of saying it. Yeah. And then on top of that, there was Medicare for All in it, in the bill. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it just was like, really, Alexandria? Really? Maybe... Maybe she was taking the Mike Tyson approach. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Hmm. She... Just go big. Yeah. And so... Now she's just kind of left talking into microphones because government shut down. Right, well, part of it. But if if she can say, I want to do all of these things, and everybody's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, and then she can say, okay, how about this thing? Okay, right. how about this thing? And that'll be, that's what they all end up doing. Because, you know, it's like herding kittens up there and not as cute. Anyway. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. 2020. I like her. I think she is a breath of fresh air in terms of how she talks about politics, how she talks to people on the other side, which probably means many Democratic activists and progressives will destroy her. The, the, the problem I see with the Democratic Party is that it's not that they cannibalize themselves. I mean, they do do that. Yeah. It's how they cannibalize themselves. They cannibalize themselves <laughs> in such do do. Yeah, yeah. It, they do it in such a way that prevents everybody in the party that has picked a side from getting on board with the other side. Oh yeah, when the side that they're a part of loses. Well, and they're going through growing pains. I mean, this is what happened with Republicans in the Tea Party, and it took Trump to sort of unite them around some populist message that hadn't been part of. Republican governance in a while, like walls and tr- trade needs to be fair, and and all honestly, a, f- a more humble foreign policy. That's the one aspect of Trump I really like, and that he seems to be. It's not been perfect. Did you see the deficit numbers with China? Oh yeah, well because of the oh yeah, uh, <laughs> because uh, two hundred and thirty-two billion. Well, it's a simple thing. You can put all the tariffs you want. When the American economy is growing as strong as it is right now, we buy a lot of stuff. And China makes a lot of stuff. It's That's just how it's going to work. Even if you had the fairest trade in the world, that's how it's going to end up working. Because we have a consumer economy. They don't get. They make a lot of crap. It's just going to be that way. I don't think they ever will. Yeah, I mean... If they really do want to transfer to a consumer economy, they would open up their economy to the world. So Chinese citizens can buy as much as they, they sell to the world. It would help open up markets abroad. That would lower your social score. Yeah, I know. You're not being a good Chinese citizen, which is some creepy black mirror crap. 
Mm-hmm. But anyway, Tulsi Gabbard's in. Elizabeth Warren is in. Yeah, we've got Warren. We've got Gabbard. We've got Julio. Julian. Oh, Julian. Julian. Yeah. Julio down on, by the schoolyard. <laughs> <laughs> who's the Who's the fourth one? I don't know. I know people want Beto O'Rourke to run because you know he's a tall, attractive white guy. I'm sorry. If you lose to Ted Cruz <laughs> in a non-national election, and by the way, while we're focusing on frivolous things, because of what I'd love to do, Ted Cruz looks a lot better with a beard. He doesn't look, he doesn't look like a pig anymore. He's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you actually got me at that. That tickled me. Oh, no, he's wearing a full man's beard these days. When he was down on the border with Trump, he was sporting a beard. I'm like, he looks a lot better. Yeah, it's less uh, a serial killer. Yeah. Well, it's like me. Like, I tried to shave my face a couple weeks back. Oh, didn't was, like it? That was a mistake. Well, and he's got, you know, it's it's dappled and it's a little gray. Yeah, it looks distinguished. Yeah. Now, I like that the beard's coming back. We just saw the guy with the eye patch, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Um, he's not on now, but... That is an incredible patch that he has, though. You know, and he's... I like that guy. I like... Again, he's one of... He reminds me of Tulsi Gabbard, except he's a Republican. And he sort of... No, he likes talking to everybody, and he's not going to... If you really attack him, he'll put you in your place, but he's also rocking a beard. I like the beards coming. Paul Ryan, on his way out the door, was rocking a beard, I believe. Looked a lot better. Are these, like, shutdown beards? <laughs> there might be. Yeah, we're going to grow beards. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to shave as long as the shutdown's in order. No shave shutdown. I <laughs> uh, end up looking like the people we're fighting abroad. Uh, it would be good. Yeah? Yeah, I think it would. But here's the thing, folks. As more Democrats throw their hat into the ring, the usual policy of a president of the United States is not to punch down. Because when you punch people and they're not on your level, it raises them up to your level. We're not dealing with the usual president. And this is the part of Trump. The foreign policy and this crap is what I find very entertaining. I, I think he's going to ramp up the pettiness. Oh, yeah. I guess. Oh, we have. This isn't hypothetical. We have a tweet from yesterday. Now, Troy, did you see Elizabeth Warren's trying to be folksy video of uh, her in her kitchen? And she's like, I want to drink a beer. Has somebody got a beer? Uh, do you, you pop it open like this? <laughs> Just me drinking a beer in my kitchen like always. It was very awkward. And it in like kind of poorly shot with a cell phone, like wait, don't shoot from underneath your chin. You see all the folds; it's the shadows don't work, folks. Yeah. And I'm not knocking Elizabeth for her folds on her face. I'm just saying I got folds too. Just don't shoot from that angle. You know, you know what's a good angle, and you know what's not a good angle. Right. It's like it's like don't lean over your your little kitten or your baby and just hound them. How you? There's a reason cats bite. And scratch you when you go for their belly and you're hanging over. It's freaky looking. Yeah. Anyway, she did this very crappy video. Apparently, this is what Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez does. She live streams all the time on Twitter and Instagram. Beto O'Rourke's doing the same thing. From the bottom? No, Alexia, or Alexandria, uh, has the... From the top? No, she does a pretty good angle. Okay. Like it's a little bit above her she face, tilting down. Yeah, she's, she's wise and hip to social media production. Right. 
But apparently some Democratic strategist is now advising all these people, you got to do these, like, you know, intimate, like you're just in your home. Like Bader O'Rourke did one while he was getting his teeth cleaned at the dentist. Or it was just, like, above him. Like you're the dentist looking down at Beto. Let's talk policy. Yeah, it's just like, okay, you're going a little too far, folks. So Elizabeth Warren tries to do this. She gets mocked royally because it's very awkward. She's like, and now I'm going to drink a beer. Where's my beer? Where is it? Uh, and then the way she swigs it, it's like, you don't drink beers often, do you? And, she, and then here's what President Trump tweeted yesterday. And this is what he's going to be doing during debates between like 20 of these yahoos on the Democratic side of the aisle. He's going to be doing this out of nowhere, like yesterday's tweet. Because this Warren video is about a week or so old. So yesterday, Donald Trump saves like... 37 seconds and shares 37 seconds of Elizabeth Warren's video. And then this is how he captions it. If Elizabeth Warren... Should I do it in, in a terrible Trump voice? Go for it. If Elizabeth Warren, often referred to by me as Pocahontas, did this commercial from Bighorn or Wounded Knee instead of her kitchen, with her husband dressed in full Indian garb, it would have been a smash. <laughs> That's real. I just went to his actual Twitter account. That's real. Wow. And Trump goes on. He goes, best line in the Elizabeth Warren beer catastrophe is to her husband, thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. It's their house. He's supposed to be there. (laughs) 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 You're right. He's going to amp up like the nitpicking. It's going to be petty. It's going to be so... He's going to be playing these idiots against each other. Like They're going to do that on their own. I know, and then he's just going to play into it. it. Usually, again, the rule is presidents stay above the fray. Nope. Not Donald Trump. Nope. He's right in the gutter with these folks. And it's going to be quite entertaining. I don't know what it'll mean for the future of the country, policy-wise, or whatever. I just know I'm going to have a lot of fun watching these people rip each other apart. And it's kind of like Trump, again, down at the border last week, at the end of the week. He's like, oh, there's Ted Cruz. You know, Ted and I have become good friends, except for like three or four months there. Sorry about that, Ted. (laughs) And Ted's like laughing. (laughs) Yeah, we said bad things about each other, Donald. It's like, my God, what a weird profession. Yeah. Running for high office in this country is. I I couldn't do it. Couldn't I? It's so two-faced. Well, it's not just that, but... There would be a point in time where I would have to speak <laughs> to whether it be on TV or, or to a group of people, and, and I would just be like, <clears throat> leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You do know that it's your life, not my problems to solve. I would love that. I'm just here for a paycheck. Right. I'm just here... For Pfizer to fly me out to some posh hotel. I've got meetings with lobbyists after this. I don't have time for you. (laughs) Right. I've got a fundraiser to go to. Do you have money? Do you have 10 grand to buy a plate? Well, then, good day, sir. I said good day. If if I were to try to get a bill passed and it was something I really believed in and I failed, I would struggle personally to not feel guilt. To, for failing. Yeah. Hmm. That's and interesting. I don't... And besides the whole two-facedness, like, I definitely couldn't do that. 
If if somebody like if I had to talk to Ted Cruz, oh my, no. If I had to talk to Elizabeth Warren or Ocasio Cortez, absolutely not. I would be run out. Do you think guys the building? You know my politics. Like I some days when I'm in a really crappy mood, I border on being an anarchist. Yeah. Uh, do you think? I think you would punch Bernie Sanders in the face. I would Bernie's that old with words. Yeah. Vicious rhetoric. I've ripped limb from limb with vicious rhetoric. No, but do you think, knowing my politics, that I could put politics aside and actually successfully date Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? No. Be too much? I, I don't think you could do it. I, mean, you know, I, I don't know if I could. It seems like a challenge, if only she would agree to it. What happened to Charlotte? Well, Charlotte hasn't called. Ocasio-Cortez isn't going to call. There's not a microphone there's here. Always, face. There's always a hope. I have a microphone. You have a I, This studio, she can come down any day she likes. She does have a microphone radar. Yeah. It's just... It, it's going bonkers, man. Like, the whole discourse is a little nuts. Yeah. And so I'm just... I've decided... I feel rejuvenated. I don't feel as burnt out. But I've decided to just have fun with it. That's true. I I get burnt out on complaining about the lack of common sense. Mm. But then someone comes along in their campaign and they're like, I'm going to bring common sense back to Washington. <laughs> and I read their policy and I'm like, this is... No, you're just saying common sense. This is something else entirely. <laughs> like It's like trying to get the cat to pay attention to you. Hey! Hey! Yeah. Sir! Hey, sir! Sir, no! Like, Get a laser pointer, though, and you will be a cat's best friend. It's good advice, too, for politicians. You're right. Yeah, just mess with them. Like, put a laser pointer on their face. Put it on the stage. Oh, no, distract I was, them. I meant for politicians. They have the laser pointer. Oh, yes, yes, they do. The wall. <laughs> yeah. Medicare for all. New Green Deal. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, and things could be worse. Trump hasn't started any new wars. Although he did apparently ask the Pentagon about a briefing for bombing Iran. Iran, yeah. Um, I wonder if that was actually him or if that was John Bolton, his national security advisor. Because Bolton's been on that war path for a while. Yeah. And Pompeo, too. Like, that's the weird thing. Trump is surrounded by pretty hawkish advisors. That's because he got rid of the ones that weren't hawkish. Well, I heard from a friend of a friend um, who lives, I think, in the same neighborhood as H.R. McMaster. Like, they, they're friends in those social circles up in D.C. that McMaster did not want to take that job. But he felt a duty to the country, that sort of stuff. And his first chance of getting out, he got out. And I think most of the people that you would tap for those positions tend to be hawkish, because that's like, like a hammer seeing every problem as a nail. There just tends to be that approach, like we can do this, you know, we can solve the mission. Um, but I love the idea of John Bolton, like being just called on the carpet. No, John, we're are pulling out of Syria. When Bolton made these comments last week of, oh, we're we're not pulling out until these conditions are met, and then they reporters called the Pentagon. Nah, Actually, uh, we're, we're withdrawing. We're withdrawing. We'll see how Syria goes. But in, in my mind, it's like, it seems like it's Russia's problem now. And good riddance. 
Yeah, good luck trying to put that country back together again. And Israel will be fine. I think they just executed strikes against Iranian positions in Syria just yesterday. And the Iranians aren't going to respond because Israel is ten times stronger than any other military in that region.